in the morning. When you want the news, you need the front page every hour on the press box. Nothing's riding on this except the uh, First Amendment, the Constitution, freedom of the press, and maybe the future of the country. Not that any of that matters. And now, the news. Joseph Lombardo has had preliminary talks with the A's, according to a story McAkers wrote in the Review Journal. Uh, Lombardo gave this quote, those negotiations are so early in the process that it would be detrimental for me to even talk about any details. Right now, it's all been ancillary conversations. Are the A's having to start over in Las Vegas with the new governor? Seems like it, but I want to ask you because he's saying he has said in the past through spokesman, no public money, no raising of taxes, but there are other ways to make this happen. Is that infrastructure? What other ways besides raising the taxes could he could they come up with as much money as the A's are going to want for this thing? Uh, yeah, as much as they want, probably unlikely. Uh, one of the things that I would, if the A's came here and they got some sort of public benefit and it wasn't a direct, hey, we raise this tax and you get the money for that, would be like a tax district, which is basically they draw lines on a map to say, hey, this is the stadium district and all taxes collected in that district instead of going to the city, the state or the county, go to the A's. So that that did not happen with the Raiders. They talked about it at one point. It has happened in a lot of other publicly funded ballparks. I think Cobb County did it with the Braves. But basically you say, hey, build your stadium and then you build around it. And then we'll oh, then, whatever's around it. Whatever whatever, around whatever it. we define in the map right. as this district, any tax money collected goes for to anything you, around it. Goes to yeah. So if there's a restaurant there, sales at, tax to, at that restaurant. To, to a certain level. You can not, do whatever you want. You could give them all of it if you wanted. You no, no, give, to a certain level, not forever. Uh, depends on how you phrase it or how you structure it, because you could do it forever. I don't know. I'd have to go back and look, but I feel like there have been ones in the past that are forever. Just, that, hey, this is the stadium district. This is anything within this map. You get a cut or all of the taxes that are collected in that area. And so, yeah, it's there are ways to say, hey, we're not directly giving them money, but instead of the public getting the tax money, ah, we just give it to the A's instead, which right. would at the end of the day, be the same exact thing as giving them public money. Yeah, what because that it is. should go to the city right. or state. Right, because if you're going to say, hey, we're going to build this ballpark and we're going to, the the city or the county or the state's going to benefit from it, we benefit That's one thing. Yeah. with tax dollars right. going to the public bodies. If you give those tax dollars back to the private organization, you're no longer benefiting right. as a city, state, or county. Um, so that would be one way they could do it without directly giving them an increase in taxes. There were two lines in Mick's story. Uh, one, his quote from Joseph Lombardo about the, it's so early, it'd be detrimental, it's all ancillary. And then later in the story, Mick wrote, the A's are nearly two years into their relocation efforts in Las Vegas. If you're two years into your efforts and the governor's saying it's too early to talk about that, <laughs> you have gone nowhere. You, you have accomplished literally nothing in two years. Sure, they're down to like two sites, but the sites don't matter until we know how it's going to be paid for. Right. And they have gone nowhere in regards to how it's going to be paid for here in Las Vegas. I'll say this. They should have used a different city for leverage. 
they came to Las yeah. Vegas looking to use Vegas for leverage in Oakland, they should have used a different city because they have gotten San Antonio's nice. Portland <laughs> is does Portland want a baseball team more than we do? Because yeah, if they're willing to give Portland's willing to give them five dollars, that would have been better because nobody here wants to give the A's any money whatsoever. Next question. Wyoming beat New Mexico 70 to 56 last night in New Mexico. Uh, the Lobos did not have Jalen House. That shouldn't have mattered. Because Wyoming barely has a team. Yeah, that shouldn't have mattered. Um, San Jose State's now jumped New Mexico for the five seed in the Mountain West. I mean, New Mexico, what, a month ago? Trying to challenge for the conference. Now they would be in the play-in. Now, yeah. they'd, be, now they'd be in the four games in four days. They have lost four in a row. Uh, two of those at home, and they've lost five of six. They're six and seven in the Mountain West. That's absurd how far they've fallen. Given how, given where yeah. they started out, and and like, sellouts, yeah, and like they listen, they lost to Utah State and Nevada, right? right? Those are two of the other good teams in the Mountain West. Okay, their last two losses are to Air Force by twenty-two and Wyoming by twenty-four. Yeah. They're getting blown out by the bad teams in the conference. What the hell and happened Jalen House them? shouldn't mean that big of a difference no. against a team with five players. No, you should be beating both Air Force and right. Wyoming, right. even if you don't have House. Even if you don't have a coach, you should be beating those two teams. <laughs> and they've lost both of them, and they're now 6-7. and seven, And they go to San Jose State. Uh, that is on Friday. Powerhouse. That's uh, if they, they play steam. They lose that one. They're almost surely not getting the five seed. Right. They're like San Jose State and like, hey, we locked up the five seed boys on Friday just about. Uh, so powerhouse. Not ideal for New Mexico. That's a God, UNLV in New Mexico. Both were 10 and 0 at one point. Both were receiving votes. And oh, I now, think New Mexico got ranked. Did they actually get in the top 25? I think they got ranked. Oh, yeah, no, UNLV they did. beat them. Yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah they got ranked. <laughs> UNLV beat them when they were ranked. God, how far they've fallen. So like, but. <laughs> Both teams, phenomenal starts to the season, Wait, and they're going to be like the, the sixth and the eighth. The, eight. the team that played last night beat a ranked yes. team. Two of yes. them, because some who else was Dayton ranked when they beat them? I think so. Yeah, Dayton was ranked. I mean, they're Dayton not anymore, <laughs> right? No, but yes, they they got two wins over ranked teams this year. That is the if you lose to UNLV, that is all the voters going. All right, we need to reevaluate. <laughs> nice question. Two NBA games last night of note. Um, I'm sure there were more, but Clippers beat the Warriors 134-124. Kawhi at 33. Steph Curry's out with an injury, did not play. The Bucks also beat the Celtics 131-125 in overtime, but Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown did not play for the Celtics. Those are two matchups that if you told me were NBA playoff matchups, I would be pumped to watch mm -hmm. and think, ah, the winner of this series could go on and win the title. And win the title. And neither one means nothing because Curry's out with an injury and the Celtics and decided the to rest players in play. The NBA kind of sucks sometimes. In that sense that yeah. there's just nights where they sit guys. It's, well, Curry's hurt. Yeah, he is hurt. It's not like they're resting Curry. Right. But it kind of sucks where it's like, oh, big time matchup. You know, we get to see two teams. We might see meet up in the playoffs and nobody's playing. Right. And it doesn't really mean much like. It, honestly, maybe it means something that the Bucks needed overtime to beat the Celtics without Tatum and Brown. Maybe that means no, the that's, Bucks kind of suck. Yeah, I was—I uh, didn't know Tatum and Brown didn't play. So when I saw the score, I'm like, "Oh, that's a—that's a great game." But now knowing that they didn't play, yeah, 
That's good for the Celtics. Right. Yeah. And then the Clippers, you know, you beat the Warriors. Good Without job. Steph. But Steph Curry didn't right play. There. And if you play him in the playoffs and Steph Curry's there, it's going to be a lot more difficult right. to beat them. So NBA kind of sucks in that regard. It's a lot of great moments, great league, but guys just don't play enough. Give us a 60-game season. Spread it out. Spread the games out a little bit more. Give and you us see a 60-game season and everybody plays and then we'll be happy. But that don't know if it happened because that would cut out 22 revenue nights for <laughs> every team. Man, you know, that's a great question. Ooh, I got to get rid of that, don't I? Nah, you can leave it around. He hasn't signed with a new team yet. All right, fair enough. Jim Ursay. God, wants... he signs a one-year contract with the Raiders. Jim Ursay wants Bryce Young. This, uh, is, this oh, is great. God. This is so Jim Ursay. In a press conference yesterday, he gave the quote, the Alabama guy doesn't look <laughs> the bad. The Alabama guy. I'll tell you. I'll tell you. The Alabama guy. Genuine question. You ask Jim Ursay right now. Name the top four quarterbacks no in the NFL chance. draft. How many can he name? Molly, Percocet, uh, I mean, <laughs> Bourbon. Could he name one? He said the Alabama guy. He's got to know Bryce Young's name, right? No. No. Oh, my God. No. You guys think I'm giving him too much credit? Well, and I'd love to be Shane Steichen. It's like, wait, have we already picked my quarterback? <laughs> like, he's there at the introductory <laughs> press conference. He's probably looking around saying, well, maybe I like Bryce Young, but maybe I'm going to go watch him work I, out and say I, I don't want anything to do with him. I haven't met with Matt Ryan yet. Yeah, I mean... Hasn't done anything yet, and all of a sudden, I like the Alabama guy. I mean, based on how you guys are thinking of this, and you're probably right, he could probably just draft, like, any of the quarterbacks and say, oh, yeah, this is the one that went to Alabama. And Ursay would be like, yeah, all right, yeah, let's go. Yeah. He could draft Will Levis, who's white, and be like, yeah, this is the one that was at Alabama. <laughs> He'd be like, yeah, okay, that makes sense. So, uh, he, he's got, didn't, Ohio State played in Indy, didn't they? He's got to know who C.J. Stroud is. He doesn't know any of these people. Okay. All right. There's just no credit. way he knows any of these people. <laughs> I'm surprised he knew there was a quarterback. a member of his country club? Yeah, I mean, I'm surprised he knew there was a quarterback that was good from Alabama. <laughs> you know, he actually got a school correct of one of the kids who's going to be the top one or two draft picks. What if he just says that every year? He just and he tries. He says he probably thinks well, Alabama's a good team, so they probably have a quarterback. Because he didn't say Alabama quarterback. He just says the Alabama guy. Yeah, doesn't look bad. He could, you could say that every year, and you would be right about some player, uh, defensive some tackle, it could be wide right. receiver, it could right. be an offensive lineman. So maybe he's just like oh, I always see these Alabama kids going in the top five. We got the top five <laughs> pick. Let's just draft one of them. <laughs> you know that actually wouldn't be a bad strategy. <laughs> If the Raiders had done that with almost every one of their picks, except like Josh Jacobs being the exception, I bet the team would have been better. No, no. Had to pick everybody from Clemson, Jared. I'm out. All right. Twitter is often the best, even though we don't know if it's true or not. A guy named Ollie Conley, Connolly, uh, who writes for Gridiron, he tweeted, I charted slip slash sod gate. The Eagles defense had a player slip on 38% of Patrick Mahomes dropbacks and five times they had multiple players slip on the same play. The Chiefs defense had a player slip on only 14% of Jalen Hurts dropbacks and there were no plays in which multiple Kansas City Chiefs slipped. Better cleats for Kansas City. Apparently, give the Super they got Bowl better MVP shoes. to the equipment yeah, guys. Got better shoes. Exactly. Whoever whoever gives out the shoes in Kansas City deserves a ring. Okay, but he's specifically talking about defense. Kansas City had two guys slip on offense while with the ball in their hand and yep. no one in front of them. Yep. That happens. I 
Do we think it's as easy as the Chiefs had the more appropriate cleats than the Eagles? Like, is that the is that why they slipped significantly less I mean, in that game? Could be as good a reason as any. Because I'd have to go back and look, but there have been stories in the past about players like not having on the right cleats. And like changing having, during the game. Having the wrong cleat link. Yeah. And either changing in the game or sometimes it's like, oh, they just never changed. And I'm 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 stunned how that happens. Like how is it how does your equipment team not say, hey, this is what the field looks and feels like today during warm-ups. Right. So we're gonna go with this length cleat today. I that feels like that should be a pretty easy thing to fix like hey this is what the field looks like this is the cleat size that's going to be appropriate everybody put on that cleat size i don't know that seems maybe i'm making it more simple than it is but that seems like a simple thing for a super bowl right 38 percent's a lot it is that's a lot i mean 14 percent's a lot for a super bowl and and i'm again don't know how good ollie Connolly's breakdown is but i'm guessing when he says slip they literally just slipped on their own. Yeah. Not not like, oh, they kind of got pushed and they were off balance. Right. But this no, is they just, slipped and fell down. You're trying to come around the edge and cut on a corner and your foot comes out from right. under you because the turf or the grass isn't very good. Or That's right. They spent two years and spent $800,000 on this thing. It works. Didn't well. Odell Beckham Jr. say that he tore his ACL on the painted part of the grass the previous year? So oh, the, is that what he did? That sounds, I can't remember exactly, but that sounds right. That he that he was like, yeah, it was where they painted, and that's what caused me to slip. Can we just fix grass if we're going <laughs> to do Somehow this is always a damn problem. In basketball, they go to these tournaments, and they put a logo sticker on the floor, and guys slip on it. Yeah. And we're like, what the hell? Yeah. And then in hockey, God forbid you ask a player how the ice was. Oh, it sucked today. Oh, it's yeah. too choppy. It's like, too choppy. It's humid inside. Yeah. I just don't understand. Like, this is a multi-billion-dollar like or like concept. Sports. It's important to everyone. Yeah, they'll play. The, the... <laughs> yeah, all of our sports. Ah, what's the playing surface? Ah, you might lose a game yeah. because of it. You might have a guy slip in a critical moment because of it. It might just happen. That right. field goal to win it was on the uh, was on the paint. They oh, were saying they're man. saying man, if he would have slipped on that one, oh, they uh, been not good. Man, you know what would have been like great? Gronk. I would have loved if they had thrown a flag because the Kansas City holder put a piece of grass down to mark his spot <laughs> and said, "Whoa, can't do that. Re-kick it. And then he misses from, what would that have made it, a 40-yarder instead 40. of a 25-yarder? Yeah, that would have been great if he missed because of a blade of grass was set down to determine if the, where the holder should put it down. All right, coming up next here on ESPN Las Vegas, I think Ed Graney's in the dunk contest. Here's a steal by Kansas. Harris poked it loose, and Yesifu came up with a carom. Ahead to Grady for three. He got it! Grady Nick for three. A three-point party in Stillwater, baby. We're back to the Press Box Morning Show with Ed Grady and Tyler Bischoff. He ate the word. He ate the guy's last name. Uh, Jared, have you looked at the rundown? Don't look at it right now. Have you looked at the rundown closely this morning? Uh, I thought so. We're talking about the NBA right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. But if I ask you who these players play for, will you be able to tell me the teams just because you looked at the rundown? Oh, God, no. Okay, all right, great. These are the contestants for the slam dunk contest. Um, I would like you to try to guess what teams they play for. The Spurs. All right. Number one, <laughs> Jericho Sims. Uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. <laughs> <laughs> he is a backup center for the New York Knicks. 
averaging 3.7 points per game this year. Okay. Uh, Trey Murphy. He's probably the best player on this list. Oh, God. Uh, Timberwolves. He is averaging 13 points a game for the New Orleans Pelicans. This is the one you might get because he's uh, younger, maybe a little more highly touted. K.J. Martin. I want to go Knicks. Uh, No, he is playing for the Houston Rockets, uh, averaging 11 points per game. And here's the last one for you. Mac McClung. That's that's the one you put in as a uh, that's the one you put in that's not a real player. <laughs> that's Mac the McClung fake one. Is a li- real player? Come on now, um, Mac McClung. <laughs> that's not a name you want. As no, that's the he... s- McClung is the sound the basketball makes when it <laughs> bounces off the rim. Did he play for T.J. Osterberger? Am I, uh, am I messing him up? He was at Texas Tech, right? Oh, Texas Tech. I'm okay. pretty sure that's where he went. Maybe he played for Chris Beard before Chris Beard left. Uh, Georgetown and then Texas Tech is okay. where Mac McClung went All to right. school. He knows Ewing. Um, so, Jared, here is the real answer. Mac McClung has not actually played in an NBA game Oh, this so he plays for, like, the Sioux Falls Sky Force. Uh, even better. The Delaware Bluecoats. That is not that is not better than the Sioux Falls Sky Force. <laughs> the Sixers just signed him to a two-way contract, so he can conceivably play in the NBA. But he is in the dunk contest without having played an NBA game yet. Who this are season. these guys? So again, to recap, my Jericho goodness. Sims, Trey Murphy, Ooh, Jericho Martin, Sims would and should Mac have been McClung. the fake name. Jericho Jer- Sims sounds like a wrestler. This is your slam dunk contestants. Yes, it is. <laughs> they, okay, they're going to have to change the rules to require. Like, you either play, you're an all-star, you either play in the all-star game or you do the dunk contest, but you you have to, you are required to do one of the two to be an all-star. Right. Yeah, I think you're right. If you're going to be in the dunk contest, you have to be an all-star. Like, it's it's bizarre because... They have legitimate players in the three-point competition. It's not like there's just a bunch of nobodies in the three-point competition. So it's bizarre to me. Why? Can either of you answer this? Why do NBA players not want to be in the dunk contest? I can't answer that question. I I, I don't know why you wouldn't why you wouldn't want to be. I mean, look at the stars of the stars that have been in this thing for years and years, yeah. and now nobody wants to do it. I mean, do they? Just think it's old, and they didn't. Dwight Howard put like at one point. Dwight Howard had a fake basket next to the real basket, like twelve foot rim, twelve foot rim. Yeah, and he like he did both at the same time. Yeah, made it look too easy. (laughs) But like, not because they think Blake Griffin jumped over a Kia. Yeah, right. Has anybody gotten hurt during the dunk contest? Not that I remember. Maybe your hand hurts a little because you hit the rim too. I, I don't understand why it's like I can't do that. Like. Why would, and here's the other part. I don't know anything about Jericho Sims or KJ Martin. I'm sure these guys actually have really good dunks, right? Oh, yeah. But I mean, they're professional be, basketball yeah. players. They're going to have good dunks, but it's like, but everyone, everyone on earth would rather see LeBron James, yes, hell, Russell Westbrook do a five out of 10 dunk than Jericho Sims do a good nine 10 out, out of 10, 10. dunk. Yeah. Right? You just would. And for some reason, just nobody wants to do it. Not a soul apparently wants to do it, and they've got to go to Mac McClung, who hasn't played an NBA game this season. I don't get it. 
I don't understand why it's such a can't do that. That's scary. The dunk contest should be the best skills competition of any of our sports all-star breaks, right? Home run derby is great, but the dunk contest should be better. And for some reason, nobody wants to do it, and we get Mac McClung. I mean, they get some big names in the home run derby. Yeah, they the, get some and. The home run derby, and, and that's the home gonna, run derby, we have evidence that you're bad yes. afterwards. Yes, right. You're bad, and you get tired, and your swing gets yeah. bad. Yeah, so like that's one where it would make more sense for the best to players out. to be like, I'm no not doing dunks. that. But the uh, slam, what, what are you going to do? I'm going to use up all my dunks in the dunk contest. Like, well, these guys might. <laughs> <laughs> Mac McClung is going to be his only dunk of the year on an <laughs> NBA court. He's yet to play. <laughs> so dunk contest, kind of gross. I do. <laughs> I do like what they did with the skills competition. The names still aren't great, but there's going to be three teams competing in the skills competition. One is going to be rookies. So it's Paolo Bancaro, Jaden Ivey, and Jabari Smith. One, for some reason, is going to be Team Jazz. It's in Salt Lake. Jordan Clarkson, Walker Kessler, and Colin Sexton. And then the third team competing in the skills contest is Team Antetokounmpo. It's Giannis, the Nassis, and Alex, the three oh. Antetokounmpo brothers. And skills now are... It's the dribbling and passing okay. thing that they do. And then you got to like make a layup and a three or something in there too. But it's a little like basically like obstacle course. You have to dribble and pass right. your way through. Uh, Alex Antetokounmpo, I don't think he's played an NBA game. He's with the G League team. Thanasis is on the Bucks. He may have not played in a game yet this season either. His main job <laughs> with the team is to dap up his brother whenever he does something cool. And to go fight Montrez Harrell oh, yeah, Montrez that's, Harrell yes, gets that, mad. That is true. But I do love that we're like, oh, there's three of these just large humans that are way too athletic that are brothers. Yeah, put them on a team together and let them run around. So I, it's not like star-studded. But I do like kind of how they broke that up. That'll be well. Those fun. three alone are worth it to watch more than the dunk contest. Oh yeah, yeah. I, can those three do the dunk contest? Yeah. Can we just have the, uh, the three brothers, brothers do the dunk contest? Yes. That would be even. More, that'd be more fun than Mac McClung. You know, at this point, it almost would be better. They do the the celebrity game is actually more watchable than the dunk Beaver. contest. Just have the celebrities do the dunk <laughs> contest. Beaver. Six foot rim. Yeah. Justin well, Bieber's I, going I'm, between the legs Bieber on a six-foot rim. I'm just saying Kevin Hart, but... Uh, <laughs> Could Kevin Hart dunk on a six-foot rim? No, well, you get him like a stepladder. <laughs> he, he, he dribbles, he dribbles, stops, climbs the ladder, goes dunks. down. Coming up next year on ESPN Las Vegas, Jason Fitz joins the show. I hope he doesn't retire because, like I said, I think the league needs good quarterbacks, and he's one of the greats, so... If he retires, it would be a sad day for the league. He's an incredible player, and everyone has their different processes they go through. And you know what? I think we all need to get off our phone a little bit more. I think we all need to get away from the TV a little bit more. I think we all need a little more nature and a little more silence and a little more peace. And whoever he's going about it, good for him. It's the Press Box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. Joining us now is Jason Fitz. Hi, Jason. Hey, Jason. How's it going, everybody? All right. Our... uh, Resident Raiders fan, how will you look back on the nine years of Derek Carr as the Raiders quarterback? I think time will make it better and better and better for a lot of people. People got really polarized on having to be right about Derek Carr instead of just appreciating who Derek Carr was. Derek Carr was a very, very good quarterback that played very, very good football. And you know, I think if you look at the course of the nine years, like in my lifetime, I'm 45, right? Like So I've seen two quarterbacks, Rich Gannon and Derek Carr that were worth watching week in and week out. The rest of the time it was filled with Jamarcus Russells and Tom Marinovich's, <laughs> right? Like, I mean, 
think about how often we we've sat there as a fan base and said, "Oh man, you know, Jason Campbell going to be the savior of this team." Like uh, the the number of times we've seen bad quarterback play, we saw really good quarterback play from Derek Carr. It wasn't always the best. You know, is he Aaron Rodgers? No. Was he ever Aaron Rodgers? No. Is he in the camp of very good quarterbacks? Yes. Do I believe with the right team he could win a lot of football games? Yes. I always have believed that. I still believe that. So I think time will, like time apart, will do the memory of the Raiders and Derek Carson some good. What sort of uh, contract can he expect? Are we talking like a hundred million guaranteed? Uh, what or or is it going to be much lower now? What do you think he gets in the open market now? No, I think 100 probably, like, as crazy as it is, there's 12 or 13 teams that are desperate for a quarterback, and he's hitting the market. So, you know, I listened to Get Up this morning say that you know, he should wait and see how everything plays out, and I totally disagree with that. I would treat this like Shark Tank, and, you know, if you've ever watched there are times where Mark Cuban just stops a pitch and says, uh, here's my offer, but you have to take it right now. If I'm Derek Carr, I don't want to wait for Aaron Rodgers to spend four days in darkness. I go to everybody and say, you have 72 hours, give us your best offer. We'll take the best one out there that we can get. I, I think he ends up in the $40 million a year range on a three-year deal. And, you know, and, and because there's going to be a bidding war, I mean, you can look across the board. The commanders need him. Uh, the, the, frankly, it'd be a huge upgrade for the Patriots if they decided to make a change. The Saints are obviously interested in him. The Jets have everything but a quarterback, and I don't think they can afford to sit around and wait for Aaron Rodgers. So uh, Tampa Bay needs him, even though they're in a terrible cap situation. So, I think there's four or five teams out of the gate that will figure out a way to make him a monster offer. Like I think Jimmy G is going to cost thirty-two million dollars a year, so Derek Carr is going to cost forty. Ah, Jimmy G, thirty-two million dollars a year, and quarterbacking the Raiders next year, right? I mean, uh, if they draft Will Levis or Anthony Richardson, I think that's the right thing, though. Like it's Mark Davis's money. I don't care if he if he has any money left or not. So like, let him spend it. You know, I mean, having a bunch of salary cap space hasn't always helped teams use that salary cap wisely anyway. So, you know, in my mind, if, you, if you're if you going to go with Will Levis, who has a turnover issue that is wildly real, or you're going to go with Anthony Richardson, who I still think is a year and a half away from being an NFL-caliber quarterback, like, if you're going with either of those guys, am I, am I Josh McDaniels? Am I going to coach my life based on a guy that had 23 turnovers, including thrown into triple coverage three times against Bandy? Like, Bandy's terrible, and he, tried, he cost them the game against Bandy. So Will Levis against Bandy, Will Levis against Missouri, was trash, and so you got to fix that. You got to clean up the turnover issues. I think McShay and and Mel Kiper are both glossing over a huge Sam Darnold like red flag that should be every every team should be concerned about in the NFL. Man, um, all right, we'll we'll step back from that hot take for a second for it. Um, if let we it, look, let at it the, simmer. Yeah, if we look at the last year when McDaniel's and Ziggler got here. They end up winning six games with Carr at quarterback, and then they end up losing him without any assets coming back. Where did they mess up the most with handling Derek Carr in the quarterback situation? Uh, not playing them the last two games. I, I mean, once he sat, there was no there was no leverage. Leverage was gone. So if they really wanted to get any leverage for him, they would have had to convince everybody that they did not believe Derek Carr was the problem. But in order to do that, they don't get any view of, of Jared Stidham. So. You know, I, I think once he was benched the last two weeks or any portion of the last two weeks and they couldn't find some fake injury to, to blame it on, they lost any leverage that they were possibly going to have. So uh, I, I don't know that, you know, part of this was the way the contract was restructured. They gave themselves a year to try it out. They tried to that. It didn't work. So am I disappointed they didn't get a second or third round draft pick for him? Yeah. Could they have if they handled it the last couple of weeks differently? Probably. Uh, but realistically, at this point, not. I don't know. Would that second or third be the difference between playing for a Super Bowl next year or not? No. Like so, 
you know, I think it's a screw-up, but I don't think it's like this, oh, my God, let's go apoplectic, the, the world's coming to an end screw-up. Like, uh, you, you lost the opportunity at likely a day-two draft pick. So I, I don't think it's that big a deal. Where do you think his best fit is? I mean, I think the Jets are honestly the best team right now in the NFL that needs a quarterback. And I know people will point out the cold weather. I'll only say this. I lived in Vegas. I lived in Nashville. I've lived in Connecticut for five years. Uh, I, I was in a T-shirt today going to the gym, and it was 45. Like, your body adjusts when you live in it a long time. I know he's played poorly in cold weather, but if he actually lives in cold weather, I think it, it becomes less of an issue. So right now you've got young weapons all across the board that are really good for the Jets. You've got a top-five defense, and you've got a division that, you know, frankly, I know we all know the Bills are going to be very good for a long time, but I, I don't believe in Max Jones, and I don't believe in the Patriots, and we have no idea what the, the Dolphins are doing to quarterback position. So I think the Jets give them a good chance to go in win football games right now. I get the Saints thing, uh, but the Saints are, are you know, constantly pushing money back on the cap. I, I don't think the Saints are going to be a good team. The Jets are a Super Bowl-caliber team if they get the right quarterback. All right, hold on, hold on. This theory of you, your body adjusts and all that, and Carr just doesn't live in cold weather, so he's not adjusted. If he goes to the Jets and he adjusts to cold weather, does he then become bad in warm weather? <laughs> no, no, no. You, you can still handle warm weather. <laughs> Although, like, yeah, the really, really hot does, but, like, it's amazing. You know, you live in the difference is like everybody, well, first and foremost, in Vegas growing up, everybody's like, oh, it's a dry heat. Yeah, well, so is an oven and cook it, 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 turkey cooks in an oven. So don't give me the dry heat. Like 120 is 120. Then I moved to the south and everybody's like, oh my God, the humidity. And that's true. Like you walk outside and you have sweat in places that you didn't know could sweat. You need to shower like six times a day because you feel disgusting. Like uh, those things can still bother you, but like, I don't think you ever get used to that same way. You do get used to the cold. It is, it is kind of weird. Like I, I went from being the guy that you know was, oh my god, it's going to snow, and I got to stay inside for four days, to the guy that is like quite literally out there in shorts throwing the ball with Annabelle because you know, oh my, the sun's out and it's above freezing, and it's really not that bad for twenty minutes. So like, it just shows you how much your body, your body acclimates to cold easier than warm. Hey, we got some dust in here yesterday. You know that, right? Little, yeah, I saw little that. snow. I, How I saw about that? that? Like the, on social media, I'm like, what is like, what, what, what's going on in Vegas? Like, yeah. y'all got a little snow before. Yeah. Now you got this. Like, yeah. what, are we are we like apocalypse happening? What's going on? Climate change. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah perfect. Perfect. All right. Uh, important questions with uh, Jason Fitz here. Uh, I'm just gonna give it to you. Uh, give you a vague question here. How was Rihanna's halftime performance? Uh, it was good, not great. I thought it visually was pretty cool. I thought that was good. But, like, here's the thing. I went back because I had to rank the top ten halftime performances of all time. Of course you did. So I, re- <laughs> I rewatched a bunch of these on YouTube. And, like, go back and watch the Tom Petty. Maybe the most impressive thing about the Tom Petty one is that for all the hits he's had, he played a total of four songs in his 12 minutes. Like, I thought that she tried to cram too much in. And, frankly, I was sitting there with a whole group of people that are big Rihanna fans, and she has so many great songs. Nobody from the couch ever jumped up and screamed, oh, my God. Like, I'm usually not a person that says you need a bunch of guests, but I thought, like, two-thirds of the way through, I thought she needed a special guest. It would kind of lift the energy a little bit. Like, Drake coming in would have had some some significance to her set. So, I don't know. Like, I thought it was good, but in 10 years, I don't think any of us will remember it. What were the What were the top three that you ranked? Well, Prince. Prince is number one, and that's not even up for debate. Like, I was in a bar watching that, that game, and I'll never forget Colts and, and Bears fans were just saying things to each other beforehand that you would never say with kids in the room. And by halftime, everybody, people in, in rival jerseys were, were hugging and literal tears were coming down the face as people saying Purple Rain. So Purple Rain, like Prince was, 
absolutely number one on my list. There was no question about that. I overrated Bruno Mars and Red Hot Chili Peppers because I was in New York for that, and oh. that was such a dynamic performance. <laughs> Humble brag, I know. Uh, that one, that one uh, came in at number two for me. I don't remember who I had at number three, though. Uh, it's amazing. I've, actually, I think I had Eminem, the, the one from last year, Eminem, Dre, and Mary J, and, and Snoop, and everybody coming in. Like I thought that was an electric performance last year, so I think I had that one at three. Music expert Jason Fitz. Wait, how many of the your top ten were uh, uh, were lip singing, and how many were singing live? I mean, like let let me. There were times Rihanna wasn't singing live. Like I mean, we all know that, right? Like she she not she wasn't even trying to keep a mic next to her mouth for parts of it. So like most of them were singing live. But again, I'll remind everybody that the band members that are standing on those stages, and I don't care whether we're talking about Tom Petty or whether we're talking about Rihanna's backup band. They are they are literally not plugged in. That is all a track that has been pre-recorded. The only thing live is the singer's vocal, usually. And by the way, if we're going to talk about singers, Chris Stapleton was near that Whitney Houston level with his national yes. anthem. I mean, my God, Chris Stapleton with that, like, I mean, just take my money. Like, wherever he wants, like, I'm usually a guy that says, get me in free or I'm not going to a concert. Chris Stapleton is worth every dime he ever charges any person. I would pay every dollar for it. Chris Stapleton just, like, giving me the national anthem with a level of soul I didn't know I needed. Like, I, I felt more soulful for, a, for like two days after that. <laughs> it was great on social media that people who didn't know of him, uh, which I think is amazing, but people had not heard him, said, oh, my God. I mean, they were just absolutely blown away by him, which you know him well, but um, huge fan here in terms of everything he's done, and he's just absolutely amazing. But you saw people on social media for the first time kind of enjoy him. Yeah, well, and the fact that he was so effortless and singing it that way, like when your voice is that hard, you always think you're not going to get to the high notes, right? And then he's just like easily plucking away at the guitar. I mean, just the way he was just like, it, it was all so much like you were just in the living room drinking whiskey on the rocks with yeah. somebody that's just like cooler than you, and they're reminding you how talented they are. Oh, it's just all the feels. Fitz and Harry, it's up after us here on ESPN Radio. Um, Jason, our expert in Super Bowl halftime shows. Thanks, Jason. Thanks, Jason. Yeah, just remember Aaron Rodgers not going to the Raiders. All right, have a great day. All right. Bye. All right. <laughs> I mean, I agree with him, but I also hope he comes. Uh, a, it'll be great content for us. Jared, too late. You're too late again. Here you go. You got the next one. B. B. We'll get to ask Jason Fitz about Aaron Rodgers every single week, and that'll be just entertainment. Jason, uh, so Aaron Rodgers said that he did uh, salvia. Uh, when you were on tour, what was the weirdest drug that someone could perform on? Coming up next, yeah, some wide receivers in the Super Bowl. They're still yelling at each other a couple days later. Ian Rapport's a good friend of ours. We like Ian. Ian's this big. He's awesome. Good guy. He, he's good. For, he's been good for us. We like him. But whenever we said to him, are you sure he's going to be on Aaron Rodgers? He, well, maybe he delayed it. So whenever it's like delayed, you got some people saying, I'm sick of dealing with this guy. Now I got to deal with a delayed this. Like it just all adds into. And, and, and listen, that's my problem with the whole thing. It's, I have no problem with Ian Rapport, Schefter. I think they really get their jobs. When it comes to me, they don't know. They really don't. They don't have people in my inner circle who are sources. I can promise you that. And anybody who would talk to them is not in my inner circle. It's that simple. So I've had this planned on the books for four months for the same time. And when someone like that goes on and says something that's not true, it creates a story that's and it just keeps on going and going and going. We're back to the press box with Grady and Bischoff.
Nope, not doing it. Not taking the bait. Um, ah. Nope. He's mad about a reporter saying he started his darkness retreat on Monday instead of Wednesday. Uh, nope. We're not, not taking the bait on that one. What I am taking the bait on is Juju Smith-Schuster and A.J. Brown. Because Juju Smith-Schuster yesterday tweeted out a Valentine's Day card. It's a picture of James Bradbury, uh, Eagles defensive back that committed the holding penalty uh, that gave the Chiefs a first down and let them run the clock down to kick the game-winning field goal. And along with that picture of James Bradbury, the card said, I'll hold you when it matters most. Oh, that's good. <laughs> that's Phenomenal tweet. One of the best Valentine's Day cards. It's timely, right? It's like two days old. Phenomenal work by Juju Smith-Schuster. A.J. Brown, Bradbury's teammate, responded, First off, congratulations. Y'all deserve it. This is lame. You was on the way out of the league before Mahomes resurrected your career on your one-year deal, TikTok boy. <laughs> he admitted that he grabbed you, but don't act like uh, don't act like you're like that or ever was. But congratulations again. I almost like the response better than the Valentine's Day card, especially the TikTok boy. AJ Brown needs to calm down. No, yeah, no. We want we want this. I mean, yes, we want this. We want, we this, want, we want this, this. But the turn. next step is him being is his cousin. So we need this. <laughs> We need this to stay right where it is. AJ Brown has one good line in that entire tweet, and that is calling him TikTok boy. Yeah. That's it. The one it's good a great line. line, though. But the rest of it, it's not even true. Juju Smith Schuster was not on his way. Juju Smith Schuster is 26. There is a less than 1% chance that Juju Smith Schuster would be out of the league if it wasn't for the Chiefs signing him. The Chiefs signed him and gave him $10 million. Like, yeah, it was a one-year deal. It's not like the Chiefs signed him to the to a $550,000 deal. Juju Smith-Schuster would have signed with a bunch of teams if it wasn't for Kansas City. So I don't know why A.J. Brown's pretending like Juju Smith-Schuster was on his way out of the league and why he's pretending like Juju Smith-Schuster is some completely terrible wide receiver. Well, is he a TikTok boy? Well, he used to be because, he remember, he used to dance on the other team's right. logo and post TikTok videos and like I think it was the Bengals and some other team got mad at him and like wanted to fight him and all this, which <laughs> whatever. Like it's fine. So it's it's a funny line to call him TikTok boy. I'm not denying that. I think that's a great line. But the rest of it's like what AJ Brown's just wrong. Like he's acting like he's acting like Juju Smith Schuster is like a thirty six year old wide receiver who's never accomplished anything in his career. Juju's had the thousand yard season in Pittsburgh. Hell, he had nine hundred yards this year. He had a good year this year. And Helped AJ Brown's talking like he's a useless wide receiver that's not any good. Helped with Mahomes. Well, obviously, yeah, I mean Mahomes, Mahomes helps a lot. True. <laughs> but that's not the only reason Juju Smith-Schuster's in the NFL. Right. There's a guy named Gray on the team. None of us know what position he plays, but it helps. Like Mahomes helps him a lot. The receiver you could say would be almost out of the league if it wasn't for his quarterback is Randall Cobb. Aaron Rodgers literally yeah. brought that guy. Said you better go get him. That guy would be out of the league except his quarterback saved him. So just this, you can you can argue with Juju Smith Schuster, but Juju Smith Schuster wins. I need someone in the locker room who likes me. Go get Randall Cobb. <laughs> Maybe Randall Cobb scheduled his darkness retreat. I it's it's Monday, right? Uh, oh no! I, I already told Ian before it was Monday. Is he in? 
Or is it Wednesday? No, when was Pat McAfee's show? Yesterday? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Right, so he's not in yet. I mean, listen, Ian Rappaport report. That's what. Uh, damn it! Here we go. Yeah. That's what Aaron Rodgers was he upset took the about. Bait. Aaron Rodgers was upset because Ian Rappaport said that he started his darkness retreat on Monday. Right. Which that's why I thought was not he was true on because Monday. he was on the Pat McAfee right. show. And then Aaron Rodgers is like, "It's not on Monday. I'm talking to you, and I've had this scheduled for four months." Which, by the way, means Aaron Rodgers in the middle of the season was like, "I need to go on a darkness yeah. retreat." Well, was saw the, was was the season that bad? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He was like, who's on his team? I don't need to just get away from football. I need to get away from everything in my life and go sit in a dark home. Scheduled that four months ago. So that's what he was mad about, which is like the lamest thing to be mad about is, oh, Ian Rappaport said I was going to a darkness retreat. I think they do a good job with their, I think they do a good job, but. I'm really going two days later than he reported. So not in my inner circle. Rappaport's probably going to break his retirement.